where we give you bite-sized episodes on the latest science and innovation surrounding human milk. This podcast is brought to you by Prolacta Bioscience, a company dedicated to advancing the science of human milk. I'm your host, registered dietitian Kelly Hawthorne. Today we will be discussing the topic of growth in the neonatal population, a topic near and dear to my heart, with Amy Paradise, a neonatal nurse practitioner and clinical nurse specialist. Amy has nearly 30 years of level three NICU experience. She has been working in Central California for the past 15 years as an NNP clinician in a community level three NICU. And I've gotten to know her over the past couple of years through her involvement as a member of NPAC, Prolactus Nursing Practice Advisory Council. So Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be with you, Kelly. Thank you. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you about growth. And my first question is, what are the biggest challenges that clinicians face in understanding growth for the very low birth weight baby in the NICU? Well, yes, growth is a very hot topic and um, it can be very challenging. We have several modalities at our uh, disposal, such as growth charts and various measurement techniques. And I think a team needs to come together uh, in the NICU and determine which growth charts they're going to be using, how frequently they're going to be monitoring different parameters. But I think really the biggest challenge is the accuracy of those measurements, especially in our very sick and unstable preemies in the NICU. Um, they're uh, obviously a challenge that most of us are probably using a bed scale that's integrated into the incubator. Um, and I'm always concerned uh, how how well are they calibrated? How often does biomed circle back and make sure that the accuracy of that scale is maintained? And that we have the challenge of that day-to-day reliability. Those measurements can vary quite a bit. For example, the very unstable baby may be on uh, respiratory devices, uh, such as CPAP and other things that might be contributing to the accuracy of the weight, as well as other vascular access, tubes and lines. Um, so it can it can be very uh, stressful event for these low birth weight babies, and it takes excellent attention and nursing skill to be able to minimize that stress and uh, make sure that we address that every time, so that we can obtain valid measurements. Oh, I think that's so true. I think we definitely underestimate the stress that extremely low birth weight infants have when we measure them and how that may impact the calories that they're using for that. Um, in response to uh, uh, moving them around instead of using those calories for growth. But it's still such critical information to have those measurement uh, numbers on a daily or weekly basis as we make decisions about their care. So what are some ways that we can improve the consistency and quality of growth parameters in the NICU when it comes to measuring weight, length, and head circumference? So I think it really comes back to the bedside nurse, and um, probably the most important tactic is uh, that they evaluate what the previous measurements were for that baby, knowing what was yesterday's weight, what was last week's head and length measurement, so that they know whether or not they're uh, obtaining an accurate bit of information. Also, because of the stress and the acuity level of these tiny babies, it should always be a two-person intervention. This ensures that there's adequate zeroing of the scale. We have so many tubes and lines and respiratory needs that need to be addressed very speedily, so it minimizes the stress for that baby. I I think one of the things that frustrates me often is what I um, see quite frequently is the what. I call the accordion effect. 
the baby's head and length, especially one week it's up, the next week it's down, the next week it's up. And we know babies don't grow that way. Um, And that babies grow in a linear fashion. They may uh, have a large drop or a a large increase that if the nurse were to notice that, that it was not consistent with the previous week, that they at that time can readdress that and remeasure. Especially uh, length measurements, it's one of those things we know that uh, babies don't shrink in our NICU um, and we need to make sure that measurement is accurate. Also with the head, I I think taking two measurements at the same time to ensure that you have accuracy and that you're giving that baby the benefit of the doubt, you need to measure the largest circumference um, and place the tape appropriately. And then reporting head measurements to the tenth of a millimeter and not rounding up or down to the nearest uh, half centimeter. We actually had an education uh, uh, um, uh, improvement project in our NICU where we were asking nurses if you were to get a 0.2 or 0.3, are you rounding up or down? And a few were. Uh, So we've tried to improve that uh, just recently. And then um, noting, is that prior measurement, does that make sense? The head should not be uh, going down in size. It should be either staying the same, preferably we want to see them uh, growing. And since uh, uh, these babies may have very elaborate respiratory equipment, it can be uh, stressful to remove the device and then reapply it after measurement, and is there consistency between uh, nurse-to-nurse, respiratory therapist-to-respiratory therapist? Are they taking the apparatus off? And what we have noticed as well, we have uh, a securement device that wraps around the head to keep the CPAP prongs in place, and we actually saw that they were reshaping the head and potentially contributing to poor head growth, and when we changed modalities, um, we saw the head growth improve. So I think we have to be very careful that we're not strapping down these respiratory devices too tightly so that we can allow the head uh, to grow. And then uh, when we review back what was the last week's measurement, was there accuracy? Did you see an improvement? And then being able to circle back and remeasure that baby instead of going back after you've had them all resettled and the device is back on and you go to do your charting and you realize, oh, wait a minute, this was a huge discrepancy from the previous week. Oh, Amy, I think those are all great, really practical tips um, on how we can improve those measurements. I, I particularly like hearing about that educational intervention you had with your staff about rounding, um, and because that's, that's really such an easy fix. Uh, but it can make a world of difference when we're monitoring these trends. And of course, yeah, we have seen those kids who shrink, and we know that they don't really shrink. And as you call it, the accordion effect, where they go up and down, but we know that that's not really happening, and it's it's that variability in measurements. So so speaking of, of baby shrinking and, and, and fixing uh, that linear measurement, um, let, if you could talk to us a little bit about why link boards are so important and how to use them properly. So we just recently acquired some new length boards in our NICU and there's some nice products out there that actually uh, fit well uh, into the incubator and the radiant warmers. Um, Older length boards that were available to us um, were uh, quite large and cumbersome, uh, but the products are getting better. And we saw a dramatic improvement in our length uh, consistency and trajectories. Uh, We had a little skills fair and we uh, um, demonstrated the technique to our staff using a a little doll. And um, I've circled back with the staff and they love the length board. They just think it makes a lot more sense and uh, gives them the consistency. But the technique we need to remember once again is it needs to be a a two-person job. 
uh, one nurse uh, stabilizes the head against what is like a headboard, putting the baby in a midline position. And the second person, preferably with the diaper off so that we can get a proper extension of the hips um, and flexing the hips and flexing, extending the hips, excuse me, and then flexing the feet so the against the footboard, which is movable. It will slide up and down and you bring it up as the feet are flexed. And there's a nice um, little magnifier that displays the length right for you uh, in tenths of a millimeter. Uh, and this makes um, um, uh, our accuracy, I think, much better than the uh, unreliable measuring tape down on the bed. It really um, can slip and move around a lot. And also, how well is the baby um, getting extended uh, for that measurement? Um, what we currently do, they, uh, they're easy to clean. Uh, we try to keep them in a warm environment. Uh, we have a place where we keep other um, uh, developmental aids so that the board is not chilled uh, when you're measuring. The World Health Organization and the American Academy of Pediatrics actually recommend the use of length board for measurement of all infants uh, until um, they can stand. And so they're called recumbent length boards, and they really are the standard which we should be using uh, to measure weight accurately, uh, sorry, length accurately. Yeah, awesome. I think that a lot of bedside nurses don't get much experience with this because lengths are usually just measured once a week. And I know um, at the hospital I used to work at was on Sunday evenings. So unless you had that shift, you, you really didn't have a lot of um, experience with this. And, and so I think for a lot of bedside nurses who do a lot of great things, this is just a piece that they're not used to dealing with a lot. Yeah, I, I, I found that recently. We were just um, had a, um, a lecture up in Northern California, and we introduced um, the topic of length boards. And a survey of the, of the crowd, there were very few places using it. I would say only a handful of hands went up. So we definitely have room for improvement here. So that's a, a physical tool that we use. What about some online tools that clinicians in the NICU can use to track growth? So um, I love the use of the smartphone. I have several apps that help aid my work as a nurse practitioner. And one of my favorites is PD Tools. That's P-E-D-I Tools, T-O-O-L-S. It is a website that can easily be found at www.pdtools.org. And you can save uh, the link on your smartphone or your desktop. Um, what I find most useful there is a, is a very quick, quick uh, electronic uh, link to the different growth charts, such as the Fenton, uh, the World Health Organization, and even the Zemo, which is used for Down syndrome. And it will give you um, precise assessment of uh, birth percentiles as well as uh, the Z-score. This app that is also available, I love, is called NICU Nutrition. Uh, you know dietitians, Kelly, you love your math and you always have your calculator out fine-tuning those numbers for us. But as a clinician, for me, it can be very challenging to take in all these different nutrients that we're providing when we're feeding as enterally as well as parental nutrition and TPN. So this app actually allows you to uh, calculate the macronutrients, uh, uh, the fats, proteins, carbohydrates, combining TPN numbers and enteral numbers to know that you are hitting those goals that your dietitian has established for you. Because it can be very, very challenging to perform that math and to make sure that you're calculating your intake appropriately. Because if you can't get the math right, we know that we may have difficulty growing that baby.
Yes. And as a NICU dietitian, yeah, we totally love our calculators and we, we enjoy the math part. So we are happy to do that for you. Uh, (laughs) I've heard you've also developed a growth algorithm at your facility. And I'd love to hear more about that. So I guess, you know, day to day when you, when we're um, developing our plan of care, we look at the weight. Yay. It went up. Oh, it went down. We need to have consistency amongst our group, who is concerned about the growth and who isn't, and are we all on the same page? You might think a baby is growing adequately because you saw the weight go up today, but have you really looked back and have you, have you looked at the growth chart recently? So we've decided that we wanted to have some consistency um, and knowing which growth parameter we're going to be using to determine is the baby adequately growing. So having team consistency is nice. Um, the first goal that we decided that we would monitor is return to birth weight. Um, that we know that babies, especially very low birth weight babies, the smaller and the less mature the baby, the longer it will take them to return to birth weight. So using that uh, goal to make sure we're watching for that, um, knowing what an appropriate time frame is for gestational ages and weights to return to birth weight. And the second is um, if a baby is less than 2,000 grams at birth, and premature um, because we need to determine which growth chart we're going to be using. So if you're 37 weeks or less, we're using the Fenton, the Fenton 2013 growth chart, which you can easily find through your PD Tools uh, app. And you can plug in the weight, the head, and the length based on that baby's current adjusted gestational age. And um, that will um, give you where they're plotting uh, in percentiles and Z-scores. And then we decided the babies that were born greater than 37 weeks at birth, we would use the World Health Organization growth chart, um, which is also available through uh, the PD tool. Um, the next is determining growth velocity. And um, we decided grams per kilo per day over the previous week. You can use different denominators and how you calculate what that denominator weight needs to be. And there's some very complicated ways to determine growth velocity. But very simply, it's taking what the weight was one week ago and the weight today, and then dividing that by um, the average weight over the week to determine growth velocity. Um, And then once the baby reaches 2,000 grams, we've decided that we would use the Fenton Weekly Weight Goals. And this is very easily found at, uh, at using the PD tools plugging in what the corrected gestational age is and the current weight. And if you scroll down on the app, it will tell you what a reasonable weekly weight goal is, much easier to calculate uh, than um, other growth velocities, such as grams per kilo per day. And after that, we decided that we would plug in this data and use this data when we're looking at our overall growth, especially with our prolacta babies. We like to see that uh, they're growing well and do we need to uh, improve um, their growth by maybe increasing caloric density, uh, adding cream, all those things we needed to be on the same page. And who did we need to address their growth? Just because their weight went up today, do they have appropriate uh, growth curve and growth velocity over time? And then uh, lastly, I have to make a plug for California. Um, we have California Perinatal Group that is uh, our local chapter of Bonn. And um, there is a very nice uh, toolkit called Grow Baby Grow. Uh, and this is at their website, which is cpqcc 
CPQCC.org and uh, the CPQCC, which is the California Perinatal Quality Care Collaborative. You know, that's a mouthful, but you can easily download uh, the Grow Baby Grow Toolkit. It's interactive. There are hyperlinks to help guide your team um, to get you all on the same page to make sure you're monitoring growth appropriately and gives you uh, recommendations uh, based on good science and best practices uh, to help guide your NICU team. These are all, again, great practical tips. So I really appreciate hearing about them. And I have uh, utilized the, the new Grow Baby Grow Toolkit uh, from the CPQCC, and, which is a mouthful, uh, but, and it's fantastic. So uh, it's really a great resource for people. And I would highly encourage people to, to go uh, check it out. Um, so, Amy, it's just been a pleasure speaking with you today, and I appreciate you talking with us about growth and especially length measurements and getting all of these practical tips on how we can improve our practice. And for our listeners, links to resources discussed in this episode are in the description, and we thank you for listening to this week's episode of Speaking of Human Milk, powered by Prolacta Bioscience, a company de dedicated to advancing the science of human milk. For more information on the company, visit Prolacta.com.